free agency is here and the World Series champs are looking to repeat. What are they going to do this busy offseason? Take a look at all of their priorities, what they have to spend, and who they should look at first. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers, but the best way you can help grow the show is to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into the Rangers' offseason priorities, looking at the free agents in this class, this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50 plus infections. Get yours at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Now the Rangers are the World Series champions, the reigning World Series champions who have had two very busy offseasons the last couple of years. And I don't know if they're going to be spending half a billion dollars this offseason, but I anticipate them to be uh, very, very active in this free agent market. They have a couple of big free agents on their roster from that World Series championship, including first and foremost, Jordan Montgomery, also Mitch Garver, also a few other names that they will look to replace as well. But let's start by looking at the overall picture at the budget. Now, the Rangers projected payroll next year, according to Track, that is including all of the pre-arbitration and arbitration salaries, is projected to be about $210 million next year. Now, the tax threshold for the luxury tax, which the Rangers are probably going to go into to look to go back to back is at $237 million, whereas last year their payroll was listed at $250 million. So I think about $250 million is is about reasonable, unless Shohei Otani signs here, then throw all bets out the window. Who knows what the budget is going to look like, how much the Rangers are going to spend. He is the big domino holding everything up in free agency, and once he signs, then everything else will probably go crazy. So let's say $250 million and about $40 million per year to spend. Just kind of keep that in mind as we are looking at these free agents. Now, in terms of the Rangers' need, I think it's very clear their top need is starting pitching. Now, you might be saying, well, Bryce, the Rangers have a really good rotation of a lot of really good guys in there. You know, Eovaldi, Scherzer, Gray, Heaney, Dunning, and Jacob deGrom back in August, and also Cody Bradford. Do they really need that help? Remember how many starting pitchers the Rangers had last year coming into camp? It was about 10 to 11 starting pitchers the Rangers felt comfortable starting at least one game and they ended the year with about two and a half good starters in their rotation in the World Series so yeah they could always use more depth this is not a knock on Dunning or Heaney or Bradford or Gray or Scherzer or Evaldi. this is just the reality of pitching when the Rangers embraced high high variability and high risk high injury risk, which their pitching staff, which is just kind of the nature of pitchers in general, no matter how old or how good they are, they're all subject to one day throwing one bad pitch in a bullpen and Tommy John surgery out for 18 months. That's just the way pitchers go. So I think signing a starting pitcher, preferably 
a top end guy if they can get him is probably priority number one. Now, the good news for the Rangers is there are a lot of starting pitchers in this class, this free agent class, and a lot of very good starting pitchers in this free agent class, including one from their own team in Jordan Montgomery. But he is not even the best starting pitcher. He's probably in the top five, but he's not the best starting pitcher in this free agent class. The best starting pitcher is, well, we're going to break it down into tiers. There's there's tier one. There's the Shohei Otani tier, and um, that tier contains one player, uh, Shohei Otani. And if you want to know more about him, go listen to the last couple episodes of my show. I did a reasons for signing Shohei Otani and reasons not to sign Shohei Otani. But basically, for this episode, we're going to steer clear of that. He's not going to pitch this year. So we're looking at starting pitchers. Now, these are the top of the rotation pitchers. Guys who could be your number one, number two, could start a playoff game for you, and you'd feel very confident in them doing so. Now, number one on this list, the guy who I think is probably going to get the most money of any free agent pitcher not named Shohei Otani is a guy who has not pitched in Major League Baseball yet. He is a 25-year-old right-handed pitcher from Japan named Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I'm expecting him to get somewhere in the seven-year-ish range, maybe eight, seven years was how much uh, uh, Tanaka got whenever he came over from NPB in Japan and signed with the Yankees. That was around 150. 45, 150-ish million, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to get uh, significantly more than that. He could get up to somewhere in the 200, $210 million range. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of teams bidding for him. I think the Mets are probably going to be one of the more aggressive teams. Maybe the Cubs are going to be aggressive. Um, if the Dodgers miss out on signing uh, uh, Shohei Otani, I, I would imagine they get in on the sweepstakes too. And I bet the Rangers will at the very least kick the tires. Now the pluses for this guy, the, the things he does well, he's got elite command. He has been very durable. He's very young. He's got elite velocity. I think kind of a U Darvish starter kit, a lot of different pitches, um, a lot of command of those pitches. Now, the minuses, the strikeout rate isn't nearly as high as you Darvish's in NPB. Now, if you're unfamiliar with uh, Japanese baseball and uh, Asian baseball in general, the KBO and the NPB, um, both of those leagues are very hard to strike out hitters. There's a lot more contact-oriented hitters, a lot more, a lot less swing and miss. Even if the stuff, um, it's it's possible for pitchers to have a much higher strikeout rate in MLB than it is in the KBO or MPB, not because necessarily that all KBO or MPB bitters or hitters are better. It's just they prioritize not striking out a little bit more than Major League Baseball. So I think that K rate will not be as much of a problem. It still could be. Um, he's also unproven in Major League Baseball. He has not thrown a single pitch in Major League Baseball, but I think he could be very, very good very early on in his career, just like you Darvish was with the Rangers. It didn't take him very much time at all to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. So this is a guy who I think a lot of teams are going to be bidding very highly after. It will be their number one target if it's not Shohei um, 1B, I guess, to Shohei's 1A, even though Shohei is definitely his own his own category of free agent and baseball player in person. But in terms of pitchers on this market, I think Yamamoto is probably the top guy and will get a lot of money if the Rangers want to be really aggressive and get a guy who is young controllable and has been durable I think it wouldn't be out of the question for the Rangers go to go and sign this guy now 
another guy in this top of the rotation pitcher list is a guy named Blake Snell, 31-year-old left-handed pitcher. His projection, all these contract projections that I have in here are from Track. I don't know how accurate necessarily they are. I trust them more than I trust myself to just spitball um, contracts. So that seven years, 180-ish million I was thinking for Yamamoto, uh, who knows? But again, that's kind of how this goes with all this free agents. It, it all kind of goes out the window once the first one signs. Now, Blake Snell is coming off a what will almost assuredly be his second Cy Young season. He has two different ERA titles in two different leagues. Uh, the pluses with him, he's got elite elite stuff and an insane whiff rate. He is just so good at striking guys out and so good at run prevention as well. It's coming off a six war season with the San Diego Padres, 32 starts for him, 180 innings pitched, 234 strikeouts and a 225 ERA. Now that 225 ERA, sounds very impressive and it is, but if you look at where it was in the beginning of the season, as early as late on as uh, May 19th, his ERA was 540 for the season. Now, after that, he went on just absolutely historic run. He allowed just 18 earned runs in 135 innings pitched in his next, his final 23 starts. A 120 ERA in 23 starts, 135 innings. He was just on another level in the back half of that season that sealed him with this uh, probably, almost assuredly, second Cy Young. Now, the minuses with him, they're there. They're very loud as well. He has an insanely high walk rate, just insanely high. Five walks per nine last year, a 4.1 career uh, walks per nine. He only allowed 5.8 hits per nine, um, but still walked 99 batters in 180 innings. That's not ideal. He doesn't pitch very deep into games. Think a little bit of Andrew Heaney, but if Andrew Heaney's stuff was just absolutely uh, on God mode, that's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what Blake Snell is, which sounds like a you know derogatory thing to Andrew Heaney and Blake Snell, and it's not really intended as that. It's just that's the kind of pitcher that he is. You kind of know that going in, and um, but when he's on the hill and when he is right, he is just absolutely unreal coming up we're gonna look at the other top of the rotation pitchers a little a little bit of mid rotation pitchers and some bullpen options for the rangers in this free agent class right after this word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by jace medical we spend a lot of time talking together you and i and get fired up together on wins and losses who starts and who sits i'm thankful for that connection we have and today i want our chat to be a little bit more personal whether you're on extended travel bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage you are covered my friend thanks to our partners at jace medical life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply Go online right now to jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would love to get peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily bed, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. 
Shout out to the Everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be going down the 10 things I was most wrong about with the 2023 Rangers. Now, let's look at the next guy I have on this list of top of the rotation starting pitchers on this free agent market that could start you a playoff game. Next guy is Aaron Noah, a 30-year-old right-handed pitcher who has spent his entire career with the Philadelphia Phillies. He's projected to get six years, $147 million. I feel like that could be... is on the low end. Um, oh, I forgot to mention for Blake Snell, five years, $117 million projection. For that projection, I, I would definitely sign Blake Snell to that. I think both of these numbers are fairly low um, for these guys. But um, yeah, definitely guys with a lot of upside. Aaron Noah, his pluses are durability. He is so incredibly durable for his career. He is averaged for 162 games. He's averaged 34 starts a season and 206 innings pitched. This year, he through 193 innings the year before 205 innings 180 the year before that two straight 200 plus inning seasons in 2018 and 2019 he has been an all-star once he has got um there we go three different top seven Cy Young finishes finished third in 2018 finished seventh in 2020 and finished fourth in 2022 he is going to be in his age 31 season not coming off the best year for him though 202 strikeouts and 193 and two-thirds innings, but a four-and-a-half ERA was much better in the playoffs for the Phillies. Has plenty of playoff expertise, um, plenty of playoff experience. He has got a 370 career in seven um, or in nine different starts in the postseason, um, a 370 ERA, 48 and two-thirds innings, and 50 strikeouts. Pretty solid playoff performer. One of the big reasons why the Phillies were able to get to the World Series in 2022 and all the way to the NLCS this year. So a guy who has been very, very consistent, but this year, the run prevention has not been nearly as good for him. The um, velocity is is not great. He still gets a lot of strikeouts despite not having elite velocity, but there's a lot less margin for error. And he's had several different seasons where things just have not really gone his his way. A couple of seasons with an ERA over four, or around four and a half in 2021 and this year, but in the years where he is on, and no matter what, he is giving you consistency. He is giving you length out of his starts. And that is something that I think is very underrated with starting pitchers. And especially with the Rangers having an older staff full of guys who have had some injury problems in the past and in the recent past and in the current, um, a guy who can start you 32 games a season. That's very valuable. That is very, very valuable. Now, the next guy on this list is another guy who is, is also very durable. Not the most elite stuff, but a guy who the Rangers know very well. That's Jordan Montgomery, the 31-year-old left-handed pitcher, projected for a six-year, $110 million deal. Again, I think that's very much on the low side, especially since Scott Boris is his agent, especially since he's coming off a World Series run where he helped the Rangers win it all and was very, very good for the vast majority of the playoffs. A couple of not ideal starts, but for the most part, he was just incredibly solid. A guy who could be your number one starting pitcher might be the Rangers opening day starter if they sign him. Um, it's pluses he's a world champ he's got he's very very durable an incredible clubhouse fit incredible at run prevention playoff experience consistency all those things that you like in your starting pitchers or that i very much like in my starting pitchers he does that this year he pitched 188 and two-thirds innings year before 178 innings in 2021 157 innings he has just been a workhorse and he has been very very healthy throughout his career and that's something that i hope would definitely continue now his his k rate isn't elite it's not great at 8.4 
per nine. It's it's fine. It's not what he does. And uh, he doesn't go as deep into starts as you would like for a guy who you're probably going to be paying around $20 million a year, maybe 25. I mean, who knows what kind of contract he is going to get. It could be, it, 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 there's a wide range of opportunity of um, outcomes for this. I think six years, $110 million is like the bare minimum starting point for Montgomery. And I think the price of the bag is going to go way, way up. But he also doesn't always throw 100 pitches in every start. And usually it's around five, six innings per start. Not a whole lot of very, very deep starts of going seven or eight-ish innings, which is is fine if you're making all 32 of your starts every season. Um, but just something you would like a little bit more of in Montgomery. Uh, the Rangers didn't push him as far in a whole lot of starts in the playoffs. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and again, he gives you that durability, that consistency and that playoff expertise and know-how of how to navigate even the toughest lineups and shutting out those Astros the way he did, the way he limited those bats was incredibly impressive in that series. Maybe more impressive than what he did against, um, the Rays. certainly more impressive than what he did against the Orioles and more impressive than what he did in his one start in the world series. Now, next guy on this list is also a little bit older. This is Sonny Gray, the oldest of this bunch of top of the rotation starting pitchers. He is projected to get, he is 34 years old, right-handed pitcher who has spent time with Oakland, with Cincinnati, with uh, the Yankees, and most recently with the Twins. He is 34 years old, projected to get three years, $61 million. Again, if he gets that, I'd say sign me up for basically all of these projections because I think they're all very much on the low end and we'll see how much crazy spending comes out this year after the Rangers won it all of everyone trying to be like the Rangers and just spend a bunch of money over their problems. Um, there are definitely some guys that are worth doing it. And I think Sonny Gray is definitely one who you would very much want on your roster. He's, I don't know. He's not going to win the Cy Young in the American League this year, but he's coming off a five-war season with a 279 ERA, 184 innings pitched, 183 strikeouts, 32 starts. Um, again, 279 ERA. Very, very solid season. Very consistent in Minnesota these last couple of years. The year before that, he pitched um, 24 games, started 24 games, just under 120 innings, a 308 ERA for his career. He is thrown in um, 270 starts, 279 games, over 1,500 career innings with a 3.47 ERA for his career, around a strikeout per per inning pitched, um, a very good FIP last year at 283. Does not allow a whole lot of home runs. Last year, 0.4 home runs per nine innings, which was the major league lead. So a guy who does not let the ball leave the yard, strikes out a decent amount of guys, does not allow a lot of walks, does not beat himself. That is the kind of guy that you could definitely build your rotation around. He is going to be a little bit older, but three years around 20-ish million dollars per year. I think he might be closer to three years, $75 million. Um, but again, a lot of options on here. Also, the last guy that I think technically is in this stable, but I wouldn't touch him with the 300 foot pole is the left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers, Julio Arias. He is going to almost certainly be suspended for the entire 2024 season because of domestic violence uh, allegations against him from his partner. This is the second time this has happened with him. So uh, yeah, no thanks um, for the guy with that kind of off the field issues, who is also almost certainly not going to pitch this year. No thanks. 
Um, now, coming up, we're going to look at some of the mid-rotation pitchers on this market and a little bit at the bullpen and some other key areas of emphasis for the Rangers this offseason. Right with this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everyday for making Lockdown Rage your first listen every single day on Wednesday's show. I'll be doing the 10 things that I was the most right about with the 2023 Texas Rangers heading into this year. Now, let's look at these mid-rotation options for starting pitchers on this free agent market. I'll look later on this week or in the coming weeks about trade targets and uh, other avenues for the Rangers to improve their team. But let's look at the mid-rotation starting pitchers. Now, these next couple guys, next three guys actually, could be in the... Some people might consider them top of the rotation pitchers. I don't necessarily consider them that um, just because uh, maybe I'm a hater. Maybe I just don't value what they bring. But I think they'd be fine for mid-rotation additions. But they are probably going to make top of the rotation pitcher money, so I'm kind of more out on them. Now, let's start Let's start with Eduardo Rodriguez, the 31-year-old left-handed pitcher who's pitched for the Boston Red Sox and the Detroit Tigers. Coming off a very, very solid season last year, he's projected to get five years, $102 million. The pluses for him, um, well, run prevention, he's been fairly solid at that. 26 starts last year, a 330 ERA, a 403 career ERA in 202 games, um, 1,100 career innings. Um a little under a strikeout per inning pitched for his career. A solid whip, like just kind of overall fine pitcher. Last year was by far the best year of his career, and he pitched 150 innings, um, which was solid, but he hasn't been like the most durable. He's been fairly durable, but not like insanely durable to the point where you're like, okay, this is definitely a guy you can count on every year to give you 30 starts. He got 26 starts uh, last year uh, or this year. 17 starts with a ERA over four in 2022, just a really weird year for him. And uh, 31 starts with a 470 ERA in 2021. Now, before that, he was fairly solid in Boston for several years, um, an inning, a year of 200 innings pitched. Every other season, at least 100 innings pitched. Just not a guy who I would spend $25 million. And the K rate isn't super elite. The walk rate isn't as good as you'd want it to be for someone who is relying on pitchability, but it seemed to have worked out for him last year. I just, I'm out. I'm, I'm out on uh, Eduardo Rodriguez at the price he's probably going to cost. Now, if it gets down the line, the price goes down. Maybe talk about it again. Same with this next guy, Marcus Stroman, a 33-year-old right-handed pitcher. He's projected to get three years, $47 million. He has pitched for Toronto. He has pitched for the Mets. He has also most recently pitched for the Cubs. Now, in the first half, he was looked at as a Cy Young you know, leader. And the back half, things just kind of fell apart for him. He's coming off a year with a 395 ERA and 136 and two-thirds innings pitched, suffered some injuries. Now, for him, the pluses are run prevention, consistency. You kind of, like, know exactly what you're getting from Marcus Stroman, which um, has been solid in plenty of years. In his final year with the Mets in 2021, his age 30 season, a 302 ERA, 33 starts, 179 innings, Last year with the Cubs in 2022, a 350 ERA in 25 starts, just under 140 innings. So you're not really getting a whole lot of, uh, you know, very deep starts from him. Not a whole lot of them at this point. I mean, 25-ish starts is, is about what you're hoping for, which is fine, but not really something that I would want to pay, you know, 18-ish million dollars a year for. Maybe, but um, also 
personality just does not seem like he has the vibe that would very much fit with this clubhouse a little bit more high strung a little bit more um very vocal and very um you know uh opposition opposite whatever um the adjective for uh being uh very oppositional that's that's the word i'm looking for just not something that i think would fit very well in this rangers clubhouse who is very very um very good vibes last year. I don't think that he would very much fit in those vibes. Next guy of a mid-rotation guy who who could be a top-of-the-rotation pitcher, pitched like it at times, is Michael Walker, the 32-year-old right-handed pitcher who has spent time with the Cardinals and has also spent time with the San Diego Padres, a guy who is a native Texan, um, I believe. Um, I don't know. I, I always confused him and Shelby Miller as like Shelby Miller was a guy who spent about five minutes on the Rangers and was not very good. Um, last year with the Padres, Walker was underratedly very very good which is also very confusing why the Padres were bad last year when they had so many at least solid starting pitchers 2.4 war last year at 322 ERA in 134 innings he's been about 120 to 130 innings ish for the last five seasons so you kind of know what you're getting with him in that a career 396 ERA the last two years and I exactly identical 322 ERA in uh, 127 and third innings with Boston in 2022 and 134 innings with the Padres last year. Solid, um, not a whole lot of, uh, not a super high K rate, but he's pretty good at preventing runs and being consistent and knowing exactly what you get out of him. Might be a guy who's worth a chance, projected to get three years of $54 million. Now, next guy on this list, another guy, a guy with some upside, another former Cardinal. That is Jack Flaherty, 28-year-old right-handed pitcher, projected for four years, $44 million. The story with him is that if his velocity is there, he is very good and gets a lot of strikeouts and can be um, a very dominant pitcher. But when it's not, he is incredibly hittable and gets hit hard very, very hard. Um, his health has also been a concern for him in his career. It's not been the healthiest guy. Shoulder issues, which are always very scary, giving a guy four years with shoulder issues is not my cup of tea. I don't know that he's going to get four years after the um, you know absolute mess that he was with the Orioles, the midseason trade acquisition. Pretty much the only one that, that the, um, the Orioles made outside of uh, Shintaro Fujinami and just did not work out. So uh, yeah, again, not a guy who's top on my list. Lucas Giolito, a 29-year-old right-handed pitcher who is projected to get four years, $47 million, pitched with three different teams this year, and was pretty good with the White Sox and very bad with the Angels and also very bad with the Cleveland Guardians, which that is a little bit of a concern with me. He's a guy who's got incredible upside. At one point was one of the brightest prospects in all of baseball, a guy who was looking like he was putting it all together in 2019, 2020, and 21. All those seasons, he got Cy Young votes. The lowest he finished in those years was 11th in 2021. A guy who has been very durable, though. He made 33 starts this past year, 30 the year before that, 31 in 2021. 12 in the COVID season and 29 and 32 the full season before that. So every year he has been consistent and getting on the mound. Now he's got a career four and a half ish ERA 443. If you want to be very specific about it, had a mid threes ERA, all of those Cy Young vote getting years in 2019 through 21. And the last couple of years, an ERA of 488 and 490. Uh, a guy who I think uh, the Rangers could par- probably fix. A guy who I thought the Rangers might target at the trade deadline. Um, did have a 379 ERA in 21 games with the White Sox this year and with better pitching coaching than the White Sox and the Angels. And But him not 
performing well with Cleveland, a team that's very good at fixing pitchers. Um, they didn't fix a whole lot of pitchers this year that they, they acquired. They had a lot more pitching issues than they have in the past. Um, just a little bit of a red flag, but I think could be a guy who is worth it projected for four years, $47 million. Again, that consistency, even if he's not, you know, high end upper echelon, but I mean, the ceiling is there. It's still there. It, it's definitely, I think, unlockable. It's not as likely that he gets there now, but I think he could be a guy who is high up on my radar. If the Rangers miss out on top of the rotation pitchers, he could be a guy worth throwing four years, $47 million. Now, other options in the starting pitching market for mid-rotation guys, there's Hinge and Ryu. You could bring back Martin Perez. I think Wade Miley is a really sneaky candidate. He's not a guy who's going to pitch you 150 innings, but he has been very, very good, like very quietly for the last couple of years. A guy who I kind of wanted the Rangers to go get last year. Uh, he pitched 23 games for Milwaukee this year, a 314 ERA. Didn't pitch very much for Chicago in 2022 as an age, age 35 season, um, just 37 innings, but a 316 ERA. And the year before that in Cincinnati, he had a 337 ERA in 163 innings. So he's been very solid the last couple of years, very quietly, um, just ho-hum, putting together 100 plus innings and, you know, a three and a half at most ERA. That's a guy who I think could have some value, who, if the Rangers miss out on some of these top-end guys, I think he's a guy worth throwing some money at. Also, guys like Kenta Maeda. I mean, there are so many other guys that I didn't even really touch on here, like um, Michael Lorenzen, who I think might be a decent fit, um, Jake Odorizzi, if the Rangers want to actually see him maybe pitch, Frankie Montas and Tyler Malley are both interesting bounce-back candidates as well. Um, but uh, yeah, they're just, it's suffice it to say, there are a lot of starting pitching options on this market. And the Rangers, I think, will most most certainly get at least one, um, maybe two. I think one is, is probably the most likely option of it. Grab one from the top end um, of this list, um, the top category, and then someone in the mid-rotation um, kind of category. I think that is what the Rangers are looking at. Let's just quickly look at the bullpen. Um, the Rangers are projected to be favorites to sign Josh Hader. He is a 30 30-year-old left-handed pitcher who's been a multiple-time All-Star, a very good closer. Spotrac projects him for a five-year, $88 million contract. If it's that, then fine. Then you have your seven, eight, and nine-inning guys. You seven-inning guy is Josh Spores. Eighth-inning guy is Jose LeClerc. And then your closer is Josh Hader. That's a pretty solid pen. There's also a lot of other options. I, instead of throwing a lot of money at Josh Hader, who has had really just one bad season, but overall has been pretty consistent. Um, there are guys, I'd rather throw money at two or three guys in this kind of next bin of, well, not Aroldis Chapman. He's in this bin, but I don't want to go through the Aroldis Chapman experience again. It was very stressful, and uh, no thank you to doing that again. But guys like Reynaldo Lopez, Keenan Middleton, Wandy Peralta, Matt Moore, Emiliano Pagan, um, or Emilio Pagan, not Emiliano, uh, Colin McHugh, Adam Adovino, Nick Martinez, um, maybe not... Hector Neris, um, but there's a lot of options there. At DH, guys like Jorge Soler, Joey Votto, Jock Peterson, Mitch Garver, J.D. Martinez, Brandon Belt, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Robbie Grossman are options, and backup catcher is probably the last tier the Rangers need. Guys like Mitch Garver, Austin Hedges, uh, maybe Kurt Casale, Victor Caratini, Tom Murphy, or <laughs> Martin Maldonado. Absolutely not an option. But hey, there are a lot of options for this team to improve themselves. I kind of just breezed by all the DH and um, 
and reliever options for these Rangers is mostly focused on the starting pitching, just kind of getting a bearing on where this free agent class is. I'll be breaking it down further in the coming weeks. Going to go look back at the season while it's still fresh in our memory that these Texas Rangers are reigning World Series champs, looking to go back to back, and they have a lot of options to improve their team in this winter. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.